for a few years before we planted First Family Church, and I think even for a, a little bit of time right when we planted, uh, I delivered the paper USA Today, and I would deliver it to hotels in downtown Des Moines. I was essentially a paper boy. Uh, that's what one of my daughters told her class as well. When the teacher, you know, how they ask each year, tell me what your fathers do. She said, my dad's a paper boy. Said, no problem. I'll own that anytime, right? I would uh, drive downtown to the Marriott underground garage, and I'd pick up several hundred copies of USA Today. I would then go to the Savory. I would drop off uh, to each room where there's an occupant. I would drop off a paper by their door. Then I'd go to the embassy suites. I'd drop off papers there to every room. And then I'd go home. And for a couple of months, I actually did that along with the Des Moines Register. I hear a couple of times, a couple of neighborhoods in Ankeny. I would get up about 2.30, deliver those, and run down there at 3.30, 4 o'clock, pick those up. And so I did that for a while. Um, I just delivered the news. I didn't write the news. I didn't edit the news. I just delivered it. And that's what I'm doing tonight. I'm just delivering you some great news. You may ask, well, what is that news, Todd? Well, why don't we read the news as it was first recorded by Dr. Luke when he heard, uh, when he was recording what the shepherds heard from the angels. By the way, Dr. Luke, of all the gospel writers, he gives us the most information about Christ's birth of all the gospel writers. Here's how he records the news that was delivered by a band of heavenly angels. It's Luke 2.11. Will you read this with me? For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So there's the message. That's the good news. The means of its first delivery was a band of angels. Now that singular succinct bit of good news is tucked inside the second paragraph of Luke 2. And I want to read the whole paragraph to you because it will show us that that, that single sentence of good news along with this paragraph will teach us this simple truth what I'm calling our second truth of Christmas this year um, we'll show it to you on the screen just watch this with me that Christmas is really heaven's announcement of God's good news it's for man's deepest need and God's own glory and here's the news in a nutshell Jesus the Savior has come that's the news reported to us in Luke 2:11, and there's other things about it that's in this paragraph. So listen to these verses, Luke 2, 8 through 14, would you? In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they, speaking of the shepherds, were filled with great fear. Remember, it was one angel who appeared, and they were filled with great fear because not only was the angel appearing, the glory of the Lord shone around them, speaking of the shepherds, and they were what you would have been, afraid. So the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you, catch this, good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Here's the singular, succinct statement of this good news. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Interestingly, there's two signs there, actually. There's a swaddling cloth sign and there's a manger sign. Why is there two? 
I think there probably were multiple babies born that night. Maybe they were also in swaddling cloths, but there was only one in a manger in a feeding trough in some animal stable. And so he says, that's where you'll find the Savior who has been born, Christ the Lord. On the heels of that good news, there was suddenly with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, so they join in with him and they say, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. The whole army of angels, by the way, that's the word for host, it's the word armies. The whole army of angels, they come and they announce peace on earth. Isn't that interesting, kind of ironic that an army of angels would come and declare peace? And of course, that's because Jesus Christ was born. So this is the succinct statement of good news, Luke 2.11, and its surrounding verses when the shepherds heard it from the angels. A couple of observations to make for, just briefly with you. This good news, it is first of all from God. Now let's not overlook that. Verses 8 and 9 show us that it's from God. He sent an angel initially, then he sent a host of angels to join the angel and they were together declaring, proclaiming, delivering this good news that a Savior has been born. Here's why that's important, because it's God who took the first step. As we sang a minute ago, he came running, didn't he? He was the one who took the first action. He's the proactive one in the relationship. God saw our need and moved towards us. He brought us good news. Jesus Christ was born. Notice this good news is from God, but it's also to mankind. Verses 10 through 12, interestingly enough, show us that it was for the people. Five times you see the pronoun you. It says, I bring you good news. Unto you is born this day. This is a sign for you. But it goes from you to all the people because the news that brings great joy, he says here, is for all the people. So God took the first step he was the proactive one. He initiated his, his um, sending his son, and, and this was the good news. And guess what? It was for us. It was for all the people. It was to the shepherds initially, yes, but it was to be spread to all people. And interestingly, the, the shepherds were kind of an odd group to announce this news to first. Do you know that in that culture, shepherds um, were not allowed to testify in court because they were considered unreliable? Interesting, isn't it? They also weren't allowed to participate in temple activities because they were considered ceremonially unclean. So have you ever wondered, like, why would God send an angel and then angels with this great news to shepherds? Not exactly the group with the best reputation, right? Well, there's probably a number of answers to that. Here's one possible answer. For sure, it's an application. Aren't you glad this good news is not um, considered off limits to anybody. Like this good news is for every one of us. Doesn't matter your reputation, your position, your occupation, your station. This good news is for you. God took the first step, sending his son. He's announced this news and it's for us. That's why Christ here is called a savior. God didn't need saving, right? So he sent Jesus to save us from our sin. That's why this good news is from God, but it's to man. But notice an interesting thing at the end of this. 
the angels joined the singular angel and their first words are glory to God. So they resound in joy back to God. So I like to say it like this. This good news, this gospel, this, this great news that Christ was born is from God, it's to man, but it resounds back to God. And so can we just be really frank at Christmas, especially think about the sending of Christ and born in a manger. Who gets the credit for that? It's not us. Who gets the credit for saving us from our sin? Who gets the, the glory for, for, for sending a savior? It's not anyone on this earth. It's God the Father who took the first move and sent his son Jesus as the savior of the world. That's what God did. And so the angels are saying glory to God. So I say it like this. It's from God, it's to man, but it resounds back to God. In a word, you, you could describe what's happening in these verses, and you could summarize this truth, which again, I'll show it to you just to kind of review. Here's the truth we're seeing, that Christmas is heaven's announcement of God's good news. Watch this. For man's deepest need, we needed saving. That's why he sent a Savior. And for God's own glory. And here's the news. Jesus, the Savior, has come. You could summarize this and this whole set of verses in this paragraph with one word, salvation. Remember on our first truth, we learned that the key word was incarnation. Here we're seeing that this key word is salvation. It is by God, it is for us, and yet it resounds back to God. If you wanted to personalize this, you would say this is about a savior, and his name is Jesus He's Christ, and he's the Lord. This is exactly what the angel told Joseph as well. We read this verse earlier. It's Matthew chapter 1. Remember when Joseph was going to divorce Mary? But an angel said to him in a dream, don't divorce your wife. Stay with her because she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will, say with me, church, save his people from their sins. This is the same good news given to Joseph earlier. In Luke 2, it's, this, it's the news given to these shepherds. It's always this, that Jesus Christ is the Savior and he has come. That's the good news. So let's be ever so clear in this culture and in this time. Jesus, the Savior, is the greatest gift you could ever receive. Now, you expect me to say that on Christmas Eve inside a church, don't you? Sure you do. And you may be thinking right now, well, Todd, that sounds a little trite, somewhat cliche-ish, a little seasonally hyperbolic, like the greatest gift ever is Jesus. Like, you don't know what's under my tree. Maybe you're thinking that. Well, let me ask you a couple of questions. Let's say you get to PlayStation 5. Will it forgive your sins? Let's say you get the latest set of shoes, the coolest piece of name brand clothing. Will it make you right with God? Did it die for you? Uh, let's say you um, get a new car or truck. Will it reconcile you to the Father? Let's say you, you get the latest phone. Will it connect you to Christ? You see, Let's just admit this truth. It is not hyperbolic at all, especially at Christmas, to say this. The greatest gift you could ever receive is a Savior. 
His name is Jesus. And that's good news. That's what I bring you tonight. I continue to proclaim what was shared to the shepherds by that first band of angels. We're just delivery agents of the news. Jesus Christ, the Savior, has come. That's why I think that song we sang a few weeks ago at our night of worship is so fitting for Christmas. I remember the bridge, and I was so moved by it. I know it's not a Christmas song, but I thought, this is Christmas truth. This is good news. I think the bridge goes something like this. Take the world and give me Jesus. Take this life and give me yours. In every season, you are the blessing. Jesus, you are my reward. And I just remember sitting there thinking, that's really what Christmas is all about. And that's really the only thing that we truly need, isn't it? Jesus, in every season, he's the blessing. He's our reward. And this is exactly and precisely what Bill Lehman discovered exactly one year ago tonight in this room, sitting in one of those chairs. Watch his story. We were raised Catholic. My parents got divorced uh, when I was about 11. For a few years, it was a split home. I lived with my dad. My brother and I lived with my dad. Uh, we moved around a lot. There was a lot of abuse after the, my folks got separated. Uh, you, you build up a lot of anger, and sometimes I blamed God for the divorce or my parents getting separated and, and a lot of the bad things that happened in my life. So I knew I did not want to go back to a, a, a Catholic church environment. And just going through a lot of that uh, regiment, I guess, with the Catholic Church, that as I got older, I, uh, I really shied away from a lot of that. When I got out of the Navy, I came out to Iowa to visit family, went to school, met my wife, uh, dated for a few years. Um, after we got married and my son was born, I was able to get a job with the, as a correctional officer with, with the Newton Correctional Facility. I thought that was the answer to everything, you know, a decent job with decent benefits and, and being able to provide uh, for my family that I didn't have as a, a child growing up. Working at the prison for, for a very long time, you do see a lot of evil in people and it just weighs heavy on you. Like I said, you, you don't trust people outside of work. You're very guarded. Uh, and that just kind of builds up to being very guarded with everybody in general. You just build up this wall and you don't know how to take that wall, pieces of the wall down to uh, be able to communicate with your loved ones. Not being the best parent, relationships with my with my family, uh, my, my children and my spouse. Um, it, it, I was in a dark place, uh, uh, spiritually and emotionally in my heart. So Christmas Eve comes and I looked at my wife and I'm like, you know, 
we got that invite. Let, let's go to church. Uh, let's go check it out. And you know, I'm, I'm listening to what's being said. And I remember as a kid, I never listened to what the, the the priest said. But I'm actually listening to what is what Pastor Todd was saying. It was a Christmas Eve special, and he's talking about Christ being the the Prince of Peace and the Great Counselor. The one in the manger is also the one on the cross, and he died for you. He's the only one able to save you from all the sin that is crushing you. Only Jesus is the supernatural savior and wonder of a counselor. And I'm like, he, he's right, you know? And, and I'm just, I'm really getting into what he's saying. So I'm, not only am I listening, but I'm also starting to understand. And it was just, everything o overwhelmed me, overcame me, and I just got emotional. I remember tears coming down my face and just that that weight on your heart or you know something that's suffocating you is just lifted off and just having this great feeling of peace inner peace just knowing that you know what Christ did die for my sins uh, he does love me and this is what I want to do I, I want the, the Lord in my life I have seen those changes. I, I've never been a patient person. I've just had such a hard shell on my life uh, over my persona for such a long time that now it's not so much a hard shell. Uh, uh, I've been able to kind of express some feelings towards my loved ones a lot easier. Uh, I've had a lot more patience. Trying to build better relationships with my wife, my, my kids, my parents. Uh, my brother and my sister, you know, because I know those relationships have been strained over the years and a lot of it is on my part. I know I'm a sinner. I've sinned. Uh, but by accepting Christ in my life, I, I know that I'm, I'm healed. If you're out there and you're, and you're feeling lost, I was in that position about a year ago. I felt broken, I felt empty. I was searching, and I may not have known I was searching, but when I came to church on a, on a random invite, I was found.
Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the ones in need. For every thirst and every hunger, you are everything. Blessed are the worn and weary. Blessed are the ones who grieve. And every Can we stand together? We'll sing this.
Perhaps in the last 45 minutes, you've seen a shift in what you really want for Christmas. Maybe you came in thinking it was one of those things we mentioned earlier or something else that you can't wait to unwrap and act surprised. But the truth is now your heart is pounding to know Jesus. And you have a, a new gift you really want. Well, I have great news for you. I'm just delivering news tonight that God has given you that gift. His name is Jesus. And the Bible says that for anyone who would receive Jesus, he will give them the right to become children of God. You say, well, Todd, how do I receive this gift, Jesus? He came to be the Savior of the world, and my heart is pounding to know him. The Bible says that simply believing in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ is the way we receive him. We turn from our sin and we trust Jesus. You see, Jesus came, yes, we celebrate his birth at this time, but he came to live and then to die and to be raised again and to prove he's the only way back to God. And he did that when he was raised from the dead. And now all who believe in Jesus, the Bible says, are considered right with God. They're made part of the family of God. So if that's your heart's posture tonight, You've never, ever asked to be part of the family of God. You've never asked God to save you through Jesus. But tonight, that's what you want more than anything. Here's a, a prayer, a posture to take to communicate that to God. Remember, it's not our words that save us. Jesus saves us by his death on the cross and resurrection from the grave. But a prayer is a way to indicate to God, you want Jesus to save you. You want to receive this gift, this Savior. It sounds something like this. You can just say this in your chair right there. Say, God, I know that you sent Jesus as the Savior of the world. And tonight, for the first time, I'm receiving that. I'm believing that he is your son who was born, lived, and died and was raised again. And I take my stand on that as the only way to be saved. Not a new phone clothes or a car or a job or income or status I'm just a shepherd who heard the good news and want to believe so God would you through Jesus save me and God will the moment of your belief he will do what he promised he will save you that's great news isn't it church and so you may have thought, well, I, 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 I came in tonight. I was expecting this. Well, neither was Bill Lehman. He just took an invite and said, we probably ought to go. And in 45 to 50 minutes, his life was changed. And my prayer is that if you tonight have prayed exactly that, that your life is completely changed because of God. If you've prayed that tonight, if you've been the posture of your heart, if you've responded that way, can I ask you to do me a couple of things? Just, just um, really... One of these. You can, first of all, just take that card that's in the back of the chair there with you and just put your name and the contact information and I'll, or one of our staff will be in touch with you after the holidays, okay? We'll call you. We'll reach out to you, whether it's an email address, a phone number. We'd love to know and help you. Or you can simply do this. Just text me personally. Here's my number, okay, on the screen behind me. Again, I won't call you tomorrow, but soon after that, I'll reach out to you. One of our staff will just 
get that number, take a picture of it, jot it down. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear you text me and say, Todd, tonight I accepted the gift of Jesus. That's what I really wanted. I'll rejoice with you and be thankful with you because God is in the business of changing people's lives through his son, Jesus. That's great news. And I'm just a paper boy telling you the great news tonight that Jesus, the Savior, has come. And if tonight you're receiving that gift, I would love to know about it. So one of those ways, will you just do that? Text me, use the card. I'll be available afterwards as well. And uh, we just want to rejoice with you and help you now as you walk as a follower of Jesus in a new spiritual family. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more messages, visit firstfamily.church forward slash sermons or subscribe to our podcast feed. Thanks for listening.